Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Last time today, officers from the Paramilitary Crime Task Force carried out a significant operation into paramilitary activity. This is a long-running pre-planned operation into Eastvale Park BBA. 22 loyalists have been convicted in the past 18 months for dealing drugs connected to the East Belfast UVF. This is 22 different people who have stood in the dock of a court in Belfast and a charge has been put to them. You've been dealing drugs and they've held their hands up and went guilty. Now that's a dominant indictment of the East Belfast UVF. The latest convictions have seen three men done for supplying 200 grams worth of cocaine. A dozen others are currently before the courts on similar charges. Of those approximate 1,000 members, I would say around about 30 would be involved in the drugs trade, and of that, about seven or eight drug barns who would control these things. The UVF's Shankill Road leadership has now stood down several prominent members in the notorious East Belfast Battalion. They've been stripped of rank, so they aren't leaders anymore. They're foot soldiers, and the statement made clear that if they want to continue involvement in drugs, they would be no longer UVF members. Kieran Barnes is the chief reporter with The Sunday Life, and he joins me now with the latest on this story. Kieran, you're very welcome to the Bell Tale. Hi, are you, Kieran? Good, I'm very good. Listen, the UVF has moved against elements in its East Belfast so-called battalion. We have seen for years and years and years these stories about um, cocaine seizures, arrests and links to the UVF. So what's different now? Why, why, why have they done this now? Well, I will say, Kieran, that there's a few certainties in life. There's death, there's taxes, there's a crash on the West Link during rush hour and there's East Belfast UVF drug dealing. And here we are again, talking about it. Now, um, in the past 18 months, 22 different individuals have been convicted of either possessing or supplying cocaine on behalf of the UVF. And there was a separate conviction for a guy who was possessing cannabis with intent to supply. Now, this is 22 different people who have stood in the dock of a court in Belfast and a charge has been put to them. You've been dealing drugs and they've held their hands up and went guilty. Now, that's a dominant indictment of the, the East Belfast UVF and, and the leadership. And that's what prompted the Remembrance Sunday statement, well, prompted in part the Remembrance Sunday statement a few days ago, where it was announced that several leading figures within that unit would be stood down. You know, if we're going to use words like battalion, you know, 22 people, that's basically a, a platoon. <laughs> There's a lot of people involved here. How many people do you believe are involved with the 
East Belfast UVF. Yeah, I just want to clarify, of those 22 people, not all of them would be members of the UVF. You know, they would be dealing East Belfast UVF drugs, but not um, not all of them would be would be members. The East Belfast UVF has a membership of about approximately 1,000. It stretches from the, the, the Lower Newton Ards Road in inner city East Belfast right out to Bangor along the North Down Peninsula, down the Ards, Portaferry, as, as far as that. So it's a huge geographical area. Of those approximate 1,000 members, I would say around about 30 would be involved in the drugs trade. And of that 30, about six or seven would be at the higher echelons of that. So the vast, and I, I try to make this clear to everyone I talk to about this, the vast majority of UVF members in East Belfast are not involved in drugs. I would say the vast majority of UVF members in East Belfast would have no truck with drugs. It's just these ones at the top. But 30 drug dealers, and of that, about seven or eight drug barons who would control these dealers. And let's be clear to anybody listening, we're not belittling the experiences of any victims of the UVF or anything else. We're simply trying to say, uh, mm. as, as far as we know, that this is a minority and uh, involved in, in, yeah. in this but kind the, of activity. The, the, yeah, but the very fact that you're a member of the UVF makes you a criminal because uh, being a member of a prescribed organisation is a criminal offence. Who has been stepped down? And if I can ask you, what does that phrase, stepped down, really mean? Yeah, well, it means that these guys who this statement, the Remembrance on the UVF Remembrance Sunday statement referred to, would be senior members of the organisation in East Belfast. They now have effectively, and I don't like this term, but it's probably the best way to describe it, they've been stripped of rank. So they aren't leaders anymore, they're foot soldiers, and the statement made clear that if they want to continue involvement in drugs, they would be no longer UVF members, so it was it was giving them a it was giving them a deadline. Um, it was saying you need to stop drug dealing, you need to have step away from the, the drug scene, and you can continue to be a UVF member uh, if you want to be involved in drugs. You're no longer a UVF member. Who has ordered this? It came from the UVF's brigade staff, which is based on the Shankle Road. Um, it was a statement that was read out at um, five different UVF. Remembrance Sunday commemorations in different brigade areas across Northern Ireland that was drafted by the, the UVF Shankle Road leadership. Now, I caught the East Belfast UVF on the hop. The East Belfast UVF were aware that there would be a statement going out, you know, talking about rejecting criminality and that sort of thing, but they weren't aware of the last couple of paragraphs where it uh, gave a deadline for drug dealers to, within the organisation to stand down. Um, they had a similar statement. I need to make clear, although the East Belfast UVF is part of the wider UVF, it does, it is, there's a level of, of autonomy there where they do their own statements to look after their own prisoners, that type of thing. So their statement is always different. The Remembrance Sunday statement is always different from the rest of the UVF, but um, they, they weren't expecting the UVF leadership on the shankle to go as far as it did in terms of standing down drug dealers in the East. I don't expect you to name the leadership of the UVF on the Shankle and the overall leadership. But can I take it as a given that these are older people? Yeah, they are. Yeah, But they, there are also people there who um, would be younger, would be middle-aged, and, and they would be in support of, of that statement. But yeah, you're right in, in thinking that the majority of people who sit on the UVF brigade staff are 60 plus. Is this, in your opinion, a genuine move towards transitioning to... I suppose an old boys club, as to use the cliche, or is this really to do 
with financing. In other words, does the UVF in East Belfast and the drug dealing of, of, of a minority linked and connected to it threaten cash flow? It does. Yeah, it does. Uh, the UVF have, a, they support a charity called ACT, which um, it's an acronym for the Action for Community Transformation Initiative. And it was formed several years ago when it would have UVF ex-prisoners involved in it and people who would be seen to be close to the UVF. And over the past five years, ACT has received £960,000 in government. Almost a million. Yeah, in government and charitable grants from the British government, from the Irish government, from charities like Joseph Rowntree, from the International Fund for Ireland. So it's in receipt a huge amount of, of public and charitable money. And that money is to be used to help transition the UVF away from criminality and turn it into what you describe quite quite rightly as, as an old boys network. Now, when you have daily headlines about drug dealing in East Belfast and East Belfast UVF's involvement in drug dealing, that scares these funders. And it's got to the stage now where the public are absolutely sick to the back teeth of the perception that the government is paying um, paramilitaries to be quiet and paying paramilitaries to keep the head down. So what happened is earlier in September there was a, a UVF link parade that goes down the Shackle Road in Belfast in, in remembrance of a, a UVF gunman who was killed by uh, undercover soldiers in 1989, a guy called Brian Robinson. And at the head of that parade with a, a drill sergeant stick and a UVF tie. Uh, walking, leading that parade down the Shankle Road there in September was a guy called Tommy Harrison, a veteran loyalist. Now, Tommy sits on the board of trustees of ACT. So the Sunday Life published this photograph of Tommy leading the parade. And within 48 hours, the executive office, which is another ACT funder, pulled funding um, and initiated a review a review into the, into the funding processes. And the UVF didn't expect that and ACT didn't expect that. And that's kind of spooked them. You know, the executive officer said, look, here's one of your guys, a trustee of ACT, leading the UVF parade down the, down the Shackle Road. You know, your funding's getting your funding's getting suspended. So that it, it freaked ACT out, you know, and it, it, it caught them on the hop. So they're now looking at that and going, well, if the executive office are prepared to pull funding over a, a loyalist leading a UVF link parade down the Shackle Road, what's it going to do um, when dozens of UVF, East Belfast UVF drug dealers are appearing in court to plead guilty to drug dealing. So they they looked at the, the, suspen- the suspension of the funding from the executive office. It worried them, it frightened them. Act, both ACT and UVF thought, well, um, more funding could be pulled here, so we need to be seen to be doing something about that. And that, in part, prompted the, the Remembrance Sunday statement where the UVF announced it was standing down several leadership figures in, in East Belfast for criminality and drug dealing. Now, I will say this, Karen. See if the UVF is genuine in its attempts to transform from paramilitary organisation to a, a community-based group. They are entitled to have support to do so. They're entitled to have funding. Um, they're entitled to, you know, to have governments back in to do this and the public back in to do this if this is a genuine effort. And there are people involved in that organisation who are genuine in their attempts to transform it into a non-criminal non-paramilitary organisation. But this transition period, the ceasefires were in 1994, the Good Friday Agreement was in 88, so we're coming up to the, the 30th anniversary of the ceasefires. You know, this transition and process has taken longer than the Troubles. The Troubles only lasted 25 years, so it staggers me sometimes that the process to get a paramilitary group to transition to a community group is going to take longer than the actual conflict did. And loads of people across Northern Ireland and the island of Ireland share that, share that viewpoint, so 
That's the reason why people are cynical when they hear paramilitary organisations or people connected to paramilitary organisations say, oh, we we need help, we need time to do this. Well, you've had 30 years. How long is it going to take? And I think the public's the, the public's limit for this, you know, we're we're at the limit in terms of our patience for this, and this is this is the problem that the UVF and other paramilitary groups are trying to transition face. So, you know, that that statement where the drug dealers are being stood down that that has to be welcomed, you know. But I would, and people would say to the UVF, people I talk to, well, okay, if you're genuine about transitioning. Get it on and get it done. It can't last. It can't, it can't take another ten years. It can't take another fifteen years. This has to be done. It has to be done now. Obviously, when governments uh, fund initiatives and I mean, across the community and different levels and everything from the arts to transitioning, there are strings attached. That's the natural part of it. And uh, you know they're trying to achieve something with this. And as you say, but normally it wouldn't take as long as this. But I mean, there is some examples where the executive office has seen something they weren't happy with and, and has clamped down. Now, we know in this day and age, you know, people have attended this supposedly secret meeting in social clubs. Uh, and what they, did they do after the secret meeting? They take to WhatsApp and they spread the news of it. Uh, there were a lot of rumours after this, after this announcement. Some of it seemed a bit exaggerated. Some of it seemed ex- extreme. But it, it, it's a lot simpler than really the first version of the story. Yeah, but what happens is when they, these statements are read out in these social clubs and commemorations, the statements are destroyed afterwards and people aren't allowed to sit there with their phones and record, you know, record UVF people making statements. So it, when when the WhatsApp messages started flying around on Remembrance Sunday evening about what had been said, they weren't entirely accurate. And then one WhatsApp goes to someone else and it gets a bit embellished and then it goes to someone else and that gets a bit embellished. And by the, you know, by the end of the evening, you were having statements about the entire UVFC spell fast brigade being stood down, which wasn't correct. And you, you, WhatsApp messages about masked men standing on stages with AK-47s delivering statements, which wasn't correct. You had another statement about a WhatsApp message about a, a veteran um, loyalist from East Belfast who would be very anti-drugs being appointed a new brigadier. Again, that was nonsense. You know, none of, none of that was accurate. And that's what you're having to deal with. So it takes a while for, for you to talk to different people and get to the bottom of things. But, you know, the, the essence of the WhatsApp messages which were going around on Remembrance Sunday, they, they were probably true. There was, you know, there was leadership figures in East Belfast stood down, but the Brigadier wasn't stood down. You know, there was no mass men or, or gunmen on stages and there was no uh, replacement Brigadier installed. Before we turn to the Brigadier, so-called Brigadier, who exactly has been stood down, just to be clear? There would be... Up to eight figures who would hold mid-ranking the senior leadership positions within these Belfast UVF and all of those individuals. There was no names read out in the in the Remembrance Sunday statements, but it was clear who the UVF leadership were referring to. So there's a collection of about eight individuals who would be mid-ranking UVF to senior UVF in East Belfast and all of them are heavily involved in the drug scene. But as you mentioned... The so-called brigadier, the leader of the East Belfast UVF, he remains, for want of a better term, in post. Yeah, this is a guy called Stephen Matthews. He's the reported um, leader of the UVF in East Belfast, and he has been for over twenty years. Um, he's fairly well known. You know, he's been a, he's been a regular fixture in the Sunday tabloids and and the Daily Press for over twenty years now. He denies categorically any involvement whatsoever in criminality. He's currently on charges. Um, connected to uh, what was described in court as UVF show strength in, in the Pitt Park area. So he was, he, he's still in situ, you may understand, and is what happened was after the the Pitt Park show strength when Stephen Matthews was charged, 
what is being claimed is that he withdrew from his role as the reported East Belfast UVF leader um, and he was effectively in semi-retirement. And what people close to Matthews would say would be that while he was in this semi-retirement status, that that opened up, it allowed room then for people who were involved in drug dealing to increase their activity. And and, and basically while the cat's away, the mice would play, you know, the, the, he, the people close to Matthews would say that while he was um, in semi-retirement, other other people came to the fore and and increased the drug dealing. Now he is now reported to be back in his in his position as East Belfast leader. But even if that were true, even if if while Matthews was in semi-retirement and these other people started carrying on with the drug dealing, that doesn't explain the rampant criminality that went on post uh, sorry pre twenty twenty one. Uh, and, and the Pip Park charges. Um, Ian Ogle was murdered in 2019. You had the biggest UVF drugs bust carried out by the PSNI. That happened in March 2019 when 12 people known as the Dirty Dozen were arrested and charged and they've all since pleaded guilty. So the UVF can't really, it doesn't really wash when the UVF says, oh, all this drug dealing went on after Stephen Matthews effectively took a step back from his role as reported East Belfast UVF brigadier. It was going on long before that. Two questions, Kieran, coming from that. And I think there are questions which listeners would be very keen to know, especially people who aren't from here. First of all, they would ask, how are you naming someone openly uh, uh, with regards to being the leader of the UVF in East Belfast? And the second question is that other people might say, well, if this is so well known, why don't the police just go in and arrest him? First of all, in June of 2022, Sunday Life went to the High Court and won a High Court challenge, which allowed us to name Stephen Matthews reported head of the East Belfast UVF. That was in connection with a story in which at that stage in June 2022, the PSNI had seized more than £1.2 million worth of East Belfast UVF drugs in the previous year. We were naming Matthews in connection with that story as the head of the East Belfast, the reported head of the East Belfast UVF. Uh, he, he challenged that in the High Court and he lost. So on the back of that, we, we were able to name him as the, as the reported head of the East Belfast UVF. Why the police haven't charged them? Uh, it's virtually impossible to charge and convict anybody with membership unless you've got them secretly recorded admitting to being a member or they admit to being a member. It's one of the hardest charges to prove. So without that evidence, you know, without without an admission, without a secret recording of or a covert recording of someone admitting that they're they're a member of a paramilitary organisation, it's, it's virtually impossible to prove. And that's the reason why uh, you see very, very few people in Northern Ireland charged with being members of paramilitary organisations. Even when you've got people charged with shootings, even when you've got people charged with bombings, which have been admitted by paramilitary organisations, um, you very rarely see them charged with um, membership because it's so hard to prove. Whenever there are internal difficulties or changes or movements or stepping downs in paramilitary organisations, in the past they have always, always ended in a bloody fashion. These are people who solved many of their problems with guns. It is easy to see why some people would have jumped to the conclusion that we were on the verge of bloodshed here, but that hasn't happened so far. No, and, and there's no prospect of a feud between these Belfast UVF and the wider UVF uh, for two reasons. First of all, even if these people within these Belfast UVF wanted to go to war, so to speak, with the, the, the wider UVF, they're hopelessly outnumbered. There's 12,500 UVF members in Northern Ireland. There's only 1,000 in East Belfast. And of that 1,000 in East Belfast, there would only be about 20 or 30 people in support of those the, these eight 
drug dealers who've been stood down. So they know that they're hopelessly outnumbered, they're hopelessly outgunned. So there's no there's no desire. They'll be wiped out. They'll be wiped out in no time at all if they started if they started a violent a violent feud with with the wider with the wider UVF. The other thing is too, the leadership of the UVF on the Shackle Road, like we talked about, they've been in receipt of nearly a million pound of of funding over the past five years to transition into a community-based network. So you can't have a group that's in receipt of a million pound of funding to transition, doing the very thing which they're supposed to be moving away from. You know, you can't on the one hand say, right, um, International Fund for Ireland or Irish government or British government, give us hundreds of thousands of pounds to help us transition. Oh, but hang on a wee second. I want to go down and shoot Billy down the road. doesn't work that way. So... The guys in East Belfast who've been stood down, the UVF guys, they know this. So I, there's no desire for a feud on either part, on either side. But if they're, even if there were, the, their hands are tied behind their back. The guys, the drug dealers in East Belfast, know that they'll be wiped out if they, if they start on any nonsense. And the ones in the shank will know, well, we can't be running around shooting people or beating people because the, the funding will stop. So maybe we are getting value for our public money after all. Well, you know, there are, and I will say this too about it, the ACT initiative, Kian. There are people, not everybody who works for ACT is connected to the UVF. And there are good people within that organisation who are really, really trying. They're trying to make their communities a better place. Um, uh, they're trying to move people who would have had a paramilitary mindset. They're, they're changing that. And they are doing good work. And what they need, as well as what wider society in Northern Ireland needs, they need the UVF to be genuine about wanting to change and if the UVF are genuine about wanting to change you know people will help them government will help them and the public will go okay well you know if you are serious about this you have our support Hey it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 